Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The St. Louis Children's Choirs cast a wide net. They boast of including, quote, all young people who love to sing, regardless of where they live or attend school. That's about 450 singers ages 6 to 18. They come from more than 200 schools and 85 zip codes in Missouri and Illinois. But in recent years, they mostly didn't come from communities north of Del Mar. There were children's choirs in West County and University City, but nothing north of that. And that made it hard for North County kids, much less kids in North City, to participate. As a North County native and the choir's community engagement manager, Maria Ellis wanted to change that. And so she did. A North County children's choir has now formed under her leadership. And our producer, Evie Hemphill, stopped by the music building on Umsel's campus to check out an early rehearsal. Let's listen to that. Nice and tall. the first choir you helped with or is this old hat to you? <laughs> yeah, it is the first choir I've helped with um, here. I actually grew up in Kansas City. That's Victoria Devlantes, a senior vocal performance major at Webster University. She's one of several folks helping Maria Ellis as she leads one of the first few rehearsals of the North County Children's Choir at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I grew up in Allegro Children's Choirs, um, which is like a similar thing. It's like the equivalent of St. Louis Children's Choir, but in Kansas City. What are you most excited about with this uh, North County Choir? I think just like being reminded of how I got into choir again and just like hearing like the fun repertoire they get to do and seeing how excited they are about music. And it's kind of like magical to see that. Being part of like something bigger, like it's it's different from solo singing because like everyone has everyone is equally important and like getting to work with so many amazing musicians and like work together to create like something amazing. Well, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, my, all right, make sure your feet are flat on the floor. It's a very edgy
report was from producer Evie Hemphill, who visited rehearsal at UMSL's campus last week. And here to discuss this new choir is Maria Ellis. She's community engagement manager for St. Louis Children's Choirs and also the director of its newest choir. Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And we're joined by Michael Smith. He's the chair of the University of Missouri St. Louis's Department of Music, and they've been really supportive of this new choir. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Glad. Very happy to be here. Maria, congratulations <laughs> on this new choir. So when did you have your first rehearsal? Our first rehearsal was on January 8th. And what made you realize we need to form this new choir in North County? Well, it was for me. So when I was a little girl in sixth grade, I had the opportunity of participating in an honor choir that was sponsored by the St. Louis Children's Choirs. Um, I love the opportunity, love singing that style of music and wanted to join, but knew that my family couldn't afford um, to have me join. Plus, I sang in church choir. and You were busy. Of, yeah. So they probably like, yeah, we're not paying for that. So, <laughs> so when I joined the staff, um, with St. Louis Children's Choirs, I noticed that there were lots of children, but not a lot of children who looked like me. And I wanted to change that because I'm a st- I graduated from Riverview Gardens, class of 2000, yes. Um, but wanted to have, wanted children from that area to have that experience of singing and, and have the love of singing that I that I got at a really, very early age. Now, I feel like many of us might have that thought, oh, I should start a, a choir. But very few of us actually get to the point of then doing it. What did it take to get this from just this idea to you're actually doing it? It took three years. So when I, when I mentioned the idea, to my boss Barbara Burner, who's the artistic director her first thoughts was okay well let's get them give them an introduction so what we started was honor choir similar to the one that I participated in when I was in sixth grade um, so we've been running these honor choirs where we have students from all over um, North St. Louis County and St. Louis City and combine them with students from the St. Louis Children's Choirs and it's a day of community building and getting to know each other and learning that we're really not that different after all um, and then they put on a concert they all dress the exact same You don't, so you don't know who's from what group or whatnot. Um, and we've started that back in I think 2018 was our first one and what kind of reaction did that get from the community? Oh the kids loved it and, and parents were were smiling. Yeah, parents were smiling and crying because their kids don't stay singing good. So it was a wonderful experience. And then we were like, okay, well, now let's introduce the choir. And it's been amazing since since we started back on January 8th. So, Michael Smith, tell me, how did UMSL end up getting involved with this effort? May I just say first, we started at the beginning of this interview, and I heard the sound of children singing. And it just makes my heart smile, doesn't it? Isn't it so beautiful? It just is just so important that kids have music in their lives. You know, we, uh, we can fill their heads with thoughts. We can help them uh, learn how to walk all the way up to finding ways to uh, share with one another through song. It just really breaks down boundaries and borders, and Maria does a wonderful job with that. It also makes me smile to sit next to this wonderful woman. Uh, She uh, was uh, a student. In fact, we were just talking. I think she actually was the very first UMSL student that I met when I came here to St. Louis four years ago. Really? Yes, exactly. Um, Besides chairing the department, I actually came here to be a part of a larger uh, effort at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. We're a group of professors. We're all endowed, and it's all over called the Desley Collaborative Vision. 
And this gentleman had, uh, Desley had a great vision and he had a great deal of interest and support, particularly up in North County. So uh, there are 35 of us actually on the campus. And I, I, we range from architecture to zoology actually, and I'm music education in the middle. Uh, Maria came right alongside uh, right after we introduced, we, we met one another. And I could tell that she, uh, she, is, a, she is a treasure uh, and a real powerhouse uh, for creating change and opportunity for I mean, our She's community. just getting it done here. She is. She completely just gets it done. Exactly. So she started as I, I, I adopted her. I, I have a, a collaborative. It's the Desley Fine Arts Education Collaborative. Made up 19 arts agencies, many of them right here in Grand Center, and 15 school districts, primarily students who, uh, who uh, are underserved. And Maria came along and helped kind of uh, begin to create a, a really good relationship. We already had a great relationship with St. Louis Children's Choir, but Maria came in with a new vision, and uh, she started to talk about wanting to do something up north. Um, and then as I moved in as chair, um, I was able to make that happen. So I opened up the door to the music building. And so and they're able to use that for rehearsal? They do. They do. And is that free of charge to the choirs? Yes. How does that work? Oh, it wow. Is. That's terrific. Yeah. So, so, Maria, these, these uh, children at the rehearsal that we visited there on the UMSL campus, um, our producer noticed they were reading sheet music. Do kids have to come in with a certain level of understanding? No. Actually, those kids were, they're not, they're reading the words, but they're not really reading the notes. We're learning how to read notes. You're so, teaching them that. Yes, we're teaching them that. So the one one of the first things that I want them to get comfortable with is just holding a score, knowing how we hold it, and not let the papers fly all over the floor. Um, but that right now we're learning words, and then we're learning rhythm, rhythmic patterns. We're learning pitches. Um, so later on through the rehearsal, we came up with a, a rap to help us learn rhythm patterns and things like that. So eventually when they leave, um, all students who are a part of St. Louis Children's Choirs, they all leave learning, knowing how to read music if they stay with the program. And so, Michael Smith, for somebody who might want to pursue um, music as a discipline in college, it sounds like this is a really great grounding here. It sure is. You know, uh, music education starts, it, it goes from cradle right on through the rest of life. And uh, just being, having uh, developmentally appropriate, I'll say. I sound like an educator, I know. <laughs> you do a that's, little bit, but hey, that's, 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 okay. that's why yeah. you're here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so finding experiences where students can plug in and uh, the kind of experiences that Maria creates with these children's choir is just spot on, you know, uh, for helping the kids uh, just come together. And it's actually, they probably just think they're having fun. But you know what? They're learning. <laughs> they're learning. Now, Maria, those those voices, as Michael said, they are, they're so beautiful hearing those, those young children's voices. Yet at the same time, having been around children, I don't envy you getting them at the end of that <laughs> school day. And these are a pretty long rehearsal. They're there from 4.30 to 6 o'clock in the evening. Uh -huh. How do you keep them engaged when I'm sure they're already just tired? And if they're anything like my kids, that's the witching hour where they're hungry and crabby. Um, I was blessed with a lot of energy, and one of the things that that we do is that we 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 start with games, and we I try to keep it fun and personal. And when I see that they're getting bored looking or are starting to slump over, get really tired, then we stand up and we do something fun, and we just keep the energy going. Now, Mike, I have two children that um, are in the choir, 
And when we get in the car, they are gone. They are out for the night. They're but, so tired. Yeah, they're so tired. But we keep the energy really high, and the music is fun. And we, I let, I involve them in the music to keep them involved. So, one of the songs that we were listening to earlier um, was called Animal Imagination. And during that song, there's several different animals. And so we're learning, like, what are we doing for this part? How does this animal move, or how does this animal walk, and things like that. So just ways to keep them involved and engaged. So keeping them active. They're yes. not just sitting there while Move. you talk. No way. No way. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned earlier that for yourself, um, the cost of participating in choir was something that, that might have held your parents mm-hmm. back from being totally on board for that. How are you keeping this affordable for uh, participants? We have been very blessed at the St. Louis Children's Choirs to have generous donations Um Donors who who have donated to this program who wanted to make this happen, um, donors like Centene and Rack and Emerson and lots of other organizations, Life Arts, lots of other organizations who um, donated so that we we were able to scholarship um, a good amount of the cost for the children in the program. That's great. So they can participate without yes. having to pay. Mm-hmm. Well, they they pay something. Sliding scale. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's great. Something. Now, I'm curious, um, having both of you here, um, and you know, Maria, somebody who studied music, Michael, somebody who teaches music, I feel like these days people want to discourage things that aren't money makers. They want all kids to go into things like engineering or tech or something where there's a payday at the end. Maria, for you, did people try to push you into something more practical? Well, I mean, so my story is, is different. I did not know that I could have a career in music as a conductor. Um, I thought growing up that the only career that you could have was to either be a music teacher or to be a singer. And I can sing a little, but, you know, not on that level. And I I never wanted to teach in a classroom. So I went the route of getting a business degree. Um, I had a job at AT AT&T for 12 years. And I said, there has to be more to life than just this. My passion is music. So I came back in. Um, I left a very lucrative job to come back and study music. Um, so some people was like, no, you shouldn't do that. You make a lot of money. But I was like, no, I, I'm miserable. I want to do what I love. And um, to be honest, I don't I don't think we do too bad as musicians. Uh, I as think you as do convey. really well. Thank yeah. you. Michael, <laughs> do you find that musicians and, and people in your program are able to find jobs in the field? They can and they do. I want to back up, though, and suggest that it's, it's the music's power and the study of music is not just about vocation. We certainly want to be able to live inside. Uh, I'm not fond of thinking about eating and living out of a dumpster. So we we do find jobs, and there are lots of them out there. We have to be more creative these days. We live in a gig economy, and a lot of musicians can find ways to to keep their their life together in that way. I think it's important as well, though, to notice that um, those kiddos singing, uh, they're singing from their heart, and it's part of them. You know, they are musical beings, and they just need that opportunity. And all of our students need an opportunity for what um, actually uh, every child succeeds act. Uh, everybody kind of remembers that pri- prior iteration. It was called No Child Left Behind. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the current iteration of that indicates that um, all students deserve a well-rounded education. And the law says art Music needs to be a part that of a needs well to include music. round of education. Exactly. Okay. Well, exactly. that's that's important to stress. Maria, we have time for just one last quick question, and that is for people who want to see this choir in action. Um, when is that going to be a possibility? Oh, well, we make our debut performance on March first. March first at the Five Sixty Music Building. Um, it's on the Washu campus. It's our family and friends concerts, and tickets are on sale for that concert right now. So if you go to www.slccsing.org or call 
314-993-9626. You can get tickets for uh, that concert. And you can see, we call it 1NC, 1 North County. You can see that ensemble perform on March 1st. Well, that's great. And we will have that information on our website, um, stlpublicradio.org, if you didn't catch those details from Maria. And we hope that people will be there to, to see its debut. So Maria Ellis um, of the St. Louis Children's Choirs, thank you so much oh, for joining you. us today. And Michael Smith, chair of the University of Missouri-St. Louis Department of Music, thank you so much for being here. A pleasure. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.